0: Here's Autumn Miles.
1: Hey guys, it's your girl Autumn Miles. How are you guys doing? I heard a lot from a lot of you guys this week. We love you guys. We are praying for you guys. All four of my little Bambinos went back to school. And so my husband and I looked at each other and said, what do we do with our life now? This is very crazy. (laughs) So we are enjoying slash sad about um, this new season in our life. However, um, praying protection over all of your, uh, your children, over your hearts, mamas. I know especially those moms that send their kids to kindergarten and college. Is, that's like big. That's big. I cried when I sent Grace to middle school. I was like, oh, my goodness, my life is over. I'm officially old. And I'm not old. Uh, but we're praying for all those first moms out there. Um, you know, we, we, we love you so much. And I'm so glad to be hearing from so many of you. You guys are just warming our heart and ministering to us over here. Y'all, my guest today, I've been a fan of for a long time. And um, I, I love this about my guest. Um, she talks about Jesus. (laughs) This is this is huge. Okay, this is huge for a Christian show. Um, I love. uh, Um, I I I I I think we're getting away from that uh, a little bit. And y'all know my show hits pretty hard on uh, the Word of God and of course the gospel. Um, and and every every guest that we have on the show does that. But but I love that that she is so outward about it, very passionate about relationship with the Lord. I want you guys to welcome to the show today Kim Walker Smith. Kim, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am so happy to have you. Now, for all my listeners out there, her bio is ridiculous. <laughs> like it's like it's <laughs> like it's like a book itself. We're going to talk about her new book, but it's like a book. I think it's important for you guys to know. You might have heard of her without Jesus culture attached. Um, because your, your name, Kim kind of stands on its own, but I do know that you were, you were one of the founding members of Jesus culture and the Jesus culture movement, but you've also kind of done some solo stuff. And, um, now you travel everywhere, filling up stadiums, praising the Lord. And that is absolutely incredible. Um, you, my favorite song I think that I have ever heard you sing is um, uh, Show Me Your Glory. That's when, oh, that's a good one. That's when I was introduced to your work, and I was like, who is this person? <laughs> <laughs> I need to know her. I need to listen to her. So I feel like the, na- the world really has, has um, followed along to the soundtrack of your life. So welcome to the show, Kim. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks. We are going to talk today about your book. I know everyone's used to hearing you lead worship, but you you yeah. wrote a book called Brave Surrender. And as I was getting prepped for um, the show uh i we have a lot of stuff in common um when it comes to I have I was married to an abusive man I think your story is a little bit different but um so i I sort of understand abuse a little bit and so I'm happy to have this conversation with you tell me about brave surrender and why you wrote this book yeah the, the book is really
0: just um kind of my my story and how I kind of ended up where I am and i I realized after years out on the road and kind of doing like little Q&As or um, interviews for albums and things like that, I realized that I'd never actually shared my story publicly before. I'd never actually shared my testimony and, and what Jesus had done in my life. And it's kind of funny to me that most Christians assumed, because I was a worship leader, that I had just been raised in church and sang in the choir or, <laughs> you know, just that, that was just my, my upbringing. And um, as I started to share little bits and pieces, there was a lot of surprise. Um, but that wasn't the case, that wasn't the story. And so I just kind of had this thing in my heart that I wanted to share my story and share all that Jesus had done in my life and how he had just so radically changed my life because it was really powerful and really important. And it, I wouldn't be doing anything that I'm doing today if it hadn't been for that. So, mm. so that's what it is. And um, I call it brave surrender because um, I feel like this is like the theme of my life is God constantly requiring surrender from me, but it's really easy to surrender when you're kind of just broke down at the bottom, like laying on the ground, waving your white flag. Mm-hmm. And it's much harder to surrender when you're a little bit more like my personality, like I got this, mm-hmm. I can do this, I'm independent, I can do this on my own and really rely on my own strength. Yeah. And so that's just been kind of um, a big part of my process and my journey is learning to trust God and surrender to him and and quit relying on my own strength Mm. and and run to him, even when I don't feel like there's some sort of great need driving me towards him, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it makes perfect sense. You're like basically reading my entire personality, too. I think there's a lot of of us women, um, and I know that women I surround myself with, I'm staring at my assistant right now and telling her this is her, too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> She's smiling at me. Um, we kind of have this, I got this, everything's okay, it's fine, it's going to be all right mentality. And sometimes, it, like you just said, that that is brave for us to say, you know, I don't got this. It's not okay. I Or I am going to lay this down at the feet of Jesus. Um, I love yeah. that. I want to talk about your childhood a little bit. Um, some of the questions that y'all sent over were really good. I was like, wow, these are awesome. Um, it, you talk about having a, being a very angry teenager. And um, you didn't know how to be a kid. And talk to me about that a little bit. What were some experiences um, that sort of forced you to grow up quicker than normal?
0: Yeah. So um, the abuse for me started... Um, when I was around five years old, and um, my parents had divorced, and I was four, and my mom ended up marrying—I um, had three di- three different stepfathers after my parents divorced. Oh wow! Two of those stepfathers were really abusive.
1: Mm. All of
0: the marriages were back to back. There really wasn't much of a gap in between the marriages, so it was all pretty pretty quick. Um, but the abuse started really young, and I remember just something in me kind of clicking and and deciding that. I I couldn't behave like a child anymore, that I needed to protect myself, and I needed to protect my sister. And there is something in my personality that, you know, if it's going to be the the fight or flight, I'm I'm the fighter. (laughs) I'm the one who who will fight every time Mm. and um, not run away.
1: Mm. And so
0: I think that was kind of what that instinct was, that when the abuse started that I needed to fight this, but fighting it was um, going into protect mode and and protecting my little sister who I was really close to. And um, I think because um, all of my childhood was spent in that kind of place where I'm constantly in a, a stance of defense and protecting and growing up at a very young age, understanding concepts and things that I shouldn't have even been processing and thinking about. I, I remember being about... Um, 10 years old and having a conversation with my grandmother and saying, my mom thinks that she can change somebody when she marries them, but I don't Mm. think you can. I don't think you can change people. And I remember like understanding these things at a really young age, just from perceiving the environment around me. And um, then by the time I, I was a teenager in high school and my mom had married a really amazing man and a really safe man um, I was just full of rage and anger because now in this safe environment I didn't even know what to do with myself. Wow. I didn't they're telling me, Just be a kid, just you're a kid, Kim, enjoy life and just be a teenager and I just thought I, I have no clue how to do that and I couldn't I couldn't go backwards and like, you know, get that time back and then it was with nothing to do and nothing to focus on and no battles to fight, I had the overwhelming like Everything that I had just walked through was kind of bubbling up, trying to to, to surface, and so I'm facing all of the pain that I had just walked through now, but as a teenager, I was not equipped to face um, all of the pain and the baggage that I had been carrying from the abuse, so mm. it just came out in, in massive rage and anger.
1: Mm. Wow. So how did you realize that that was really a result of being abused for years? When did you have that sort of aha moment? Wait, what am I doing? Like, um, uh, When did you realize that y- you were dealing with some heavy emotional stuff? Was it when you met the Lord? You
0: no, know, it was my senior year of high school. I'm 18 years old and it just kind of, um, I, you know, I'm questioning, I'm questioning everything, and I'm trying to figure out what exactly is going on, and why am I so angry, why am I so hurt, and I I did start to realize that it was the pain that I felt from my childhood, and I had the overwhelming um, sense of hopelessness, like mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that I could ever get away from this or get free of this. I don't think that I could ever not feel this pain. And my senior year, that's when I decided to, um, I decided I wanted to end my life. I said, I'm, I'm done with this. And so I tried to kill myself. And when it didn't work, I, I overdosed. And when I woke up, mm-hmm. um, I woke up two hours later, and I was home alone. And I woke up, and I was just kind of in shock that I was opening my eyes. And I sit up, and I look around. I'd, I'd not been sick. There was no signs of any kind of anything. Wow. Um, I didn't have a headache. I didn't have a stomachache. Oh, my goodness. It was literally as if nothing had happened. Mm. And the first thought that came into my mind as I'm laying on the floor was, God must be real, and I think he loves me. And I just said, okay, I will give my life to you. I surrender to you, Jesus. But, and I put this <laughs> big but in there, I said, but you've got to set me free. Mm. And and that was really the moment that it just kind of all hit me. that my only way to freedom was through Jesus. And I didn't know how, and I didn't know what that would look like. But I knew that if I was going to, if he wasn't going to let me go, I was going to, and I was going to be here, I needed him to, to help me and to set me free. And it's funny because at the time, I did not realize um, what those words would mean and what, <laughs> what kind of journey that would set me on. Because the, the next part of my life was just years of, of inner healing and going to counseling and therapy and really great stuff. But it was the tough work, you know, yeah. the, the hard work to get to healing and wholeness.
1: Yeah. Wow. That is that is so uh, it's unbelievable. I know I was uh, married to my first husband and I, I was very close to committing suicide myself and the Lord stepped in. And that's when I met him for the first time. And it was like, I, w- I was totally rebellious in my prayer. I was like, I don't believe in you, but if you're real, you're going to have to speak to me. And he did. And man, that changed everything in my life. Freedom, man, uh-huh. uh, is, is offered through the gospel, um, through uh, through Jesus Christ. So incredibly powerful. So you go on through this um, season of healing um, after you're a senior in high school. Uh, talk to me about when you began your ministry um, at the school at Bethel and you lost your singing voice. Tell me about that a little bit.
0: Yeah, so um, I... I ended up in Redding, California, and I I did a year at a Christian university there. And while I was there, I um, found Bethel Church, and I ended up, um, after my first year at the university, Bethel had a school ministry, and I ended up going to the school ministry the the next year. And um, my first year at the school ministry, I went to audition for the, the worship team. And really, I didn't, honestly, I hadn't led worship a ton. And I I didn't really think there's anything special about me or my singing voice or anything, but (laughs) I thought I can sing. And um, this could be a way to make friends, connect with people, um, I had been kicked out of choir in high school. I was
1: about to ask, were in. you in choir or something in high school? Like, I mean. <laughs> yeah, freshman year, I got kicked out and was
0: banned for the rest of my high school career. Are um, you serious? At the <laughs> yeah, Christian University, I auditioned for the worship team as a background singer and didn't make it. So I didn't have a ton of hope, to be honest. Wow. But right when I went to sign up, uh, I just felt the Lord tell me, um, I don't want you to um, sign up for the auditions for the worship team. I don't want you to tell anyone you sing. I don't want you to talk about singing. I want you just to learn to listen and hear wow. my
1: voice. Mm-hmm. And
0: um, so I did. i I didn't audition for the team, and I didn't ever talk about it or tell anyone. and um, and I just went through a more of that journey and that season of inner healing and really learning to, to hear him. And then um, it was uh, just a couple years later, I I felt him say, okay, I'm going to bring this back to you. But in my way, in my time, I want you just to wait. And um, one day the worship pastor walked by me and he stopped and he came back and he said, do you want to sing? And he just kind of had this look on his face, like I'm just stepping out here, you know? And I was like, yes, I do. And then (laughs) He, he pointed over on the wall where there's the, the schedule for the school worship team, and he said, just go look at that and see when I'm leading that, and you can come and sing with me. Oh, my and goodness. I went to look at the schedule, which is crazy. That is which crazy. Which to be only the Lord, because I don't know a worship pastor out there that would just— Walk up to a random person they'd never heard sing and be like, come on the stage and sing with me. Really random. And he had no but idea. Anyways. He
1: had no idea that. So you had been silent. You hadn't said anything, but he. Right. So he had no idea that you could sing.
0: Right. Yeah. And so I, I just, I go look at the schedule, and the next time that he was scheduled to lead was my birthday, the day oh, of. Wow. And, and I just felt like there's this special that the Lord was giving back to me and it felt even more special on my birthday like here you go I'm giving this to you on
1: wow. your
0: birthday and you know the rest of, of that is just I, I started off singing um, background vocals then they'd be like here's a song want you lead this one song mm. I was terrified the first <laughs> time I led a song on a Sunday morning at church I messed up really bad and in the middle of the song I burst into tears and I ran off stage and I swore I would never do it again <laughs> And here I am. It's kind of it's still it's still funny to me to think that my life is worshiping. It's never ever what I thought I would be doing.
1: And man, have you done it? You've led the world um, in worship to the Lord. Uh, that that is an incredible story. But I think it's so. What you when you talk about listening. Um, and hearing from God and listening to the Lord and, um, learning and stuff like that. I feel like so many people, I know a lot of questions that we get in the ministry through the show and all that kind of stuff is how do I hear what, what do I need to do in order to hear the Lord? And, um, what would you say to those people that are like, okay, okay, that's good. Like she, she learned to listen, but how do I do that? That's, that's something I'm struggling with is is listening. How do I learn to do that? Because I feel like that's a really common question. Can you speak to that? Yeah.
0: Yeah, You know, I think that we have a tendency to overcomplicate things, you know? (laughs) Um, I think sometimes we're we're looking for this, you know, loud, booming, audible voice or the literal writing on the walls. And I think that sometimes um, we just forget that Jesus lives inside of us mm-hmm. and a lot of times that that inner voice that's speaking to us that sounds like our voice, but it's him, it's mm-hmm. His voice. And I think that um, something that really helped me to um, trust that I'm hearing his voice and to step out is to not be afraid of making a mistake mm-hmm. because I think that's the other thing we think, well what if this isn't him and I think it is and I step out and it and it wasn't and it was a mistake mm-hmm. and it was wrong. And I just decided one day, I just don't want to be afraid of a mistake anymore. I'd rather step out and take the risk and find out, yes, it was Jesus speaking to me and mm. he met me there in that place of stepping out in faith versus just sitting still all the time, constantly afraid to move, afraid that it won't be. Yeah. And um, it takes—it just takes humility to say, mm. if I step out into something and then I go, oh, actually, Maybe this wasn't it. Maybe this wasn't the place I was supposed to go or whatever. To step back, apologize, whatever I need to do, and to, to try again. But I think that's also the beauty of of this God the Father with His children, that yeah. He knows that we are His children and we are learning. And mm. I think he, he loves it when we step out in faith, and He loves it when we learn from our mistakes. Yeah. Just, just like us as parents. We feel that way with our kids. And sometimes, I mean, I, I've definitely let my children make mistakes yeah. just so they could learn from those yeah. things, you know? Yeah. And um, so I just I just think part of uh, learning to hear His voice is just that. It's just being willing to step out in faith and, and trust that he, he will meet you there. And I think more times than not, uh, it is His voice. It is Him speaking to you. We just question that a lot, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Totally analyze it. We've got a lot of... Um analytical minds that are like is this me is this god what is it and i love what you said um step out and god makes up the difference you know his grace covers a multitude of mistakes yes. of sins his grace is so alive and so active Absolutely. and Never ending. Um, I love the way that you put that. I, I really sense that there's people today that are going to be like, I'm trying to listen, but I'm scared. You know, just like what you said. I want to talk about yeah. this for a second. You wrote that um, if your stepfather, George, had not come into your life, mm-hmm. changing the course that that you were on, uh, you don't know for certain if you would be who you are today. Can you, and, and I, and I assume that this is, was this one of the abusive um, stepfathers or was this the the kind man?
0: This was the really good kind man. Okay. Uh, you know, he, he was a Christian and he, when he came into our lives, everything changed, you know, suddenly um, we're going to church every Sunday, but it's not just church every Sunday. It's like, Church is life. Like it's all the Wednesday night meetings, and it's the revival meetings on Friday nights, and it's the, the potlucks and the you know it's just everything church. Yeah. And he he brought a stability into our home that I'd never known before. Um, I I lived in a an actual house and I had my own bedroom and mm. I didn't I didn't wonder about going hungry anymore. And mm. I we had new clothes. We you know he just he really provided for and took care of us. But the greatest thing that that I couldn't see at the time, um, but I think it still it still spoke to my heart and my spirit. It still was a, really powerful for me, was that George was showing me the love of God before I knew the love of God. Mm. He was loving me in the way that Jesus was loving me, in mm. that I kept rejecting him, and I was so angry at him that he married my mom I was so angry that he wasn't me because I didn't know what to do with that mm. I, I didn't trust him I felt like you are going to be like all the other men you're mm. going to hurt us and abuse us and yeah. you're going to leave us Yeah. and I I just could never let him in and I remember just being so vile to him just mm. mean just telling him to his face that I hated him that he's not my father I don't anything to do with him and he just kept loving me. He never let my stinky attitude or my anger or my being totally mean, he never let that stand in the way of his love for me. And he would constantly tell me how much he loved me and how proud he is of me. And he, he just kept loving me no matter how much I rejected him. Wow. And the other thing that really impacted me was that he got up every single morning of his life, every morning. Bright and early, and he'd turn on worship music, and he would pray, and he'd worship, and he he loved music, he loved worship, and the one thing that always got me was that he would say his prayers out loud, and he's like out in the living room, like he's not in some like tiny little prayer closet. He's like, <laughs> this is a bold prayer out in the middle in front of all of us. I love it. And he's just weeping and crying, oh, and I wow. hear him saying, "Thank you, God, for my girls. Thank you for oh. my girls," wow. and he'd be praying for us. And I'd be so offended and angry, like, why are you—I'm not your girl. Don't call me your girl. <laughs> oh, but really, I go—when I look back at my life, I see that that he was showing me what worship was. Mm. Like, so much of who I am as a worship leader, I, I recognize that that is— of what a product of what I saw in him mm. and what I saw him doing, living it out loud. Like I, I'm, I'm extremely vulnerable in my worship leading. I don't, I don't hold back yeah. my thoughts or my prayers or my emotions, and I just put it all out there. But I learned that from him. Mm. I learned that seeing him do that every single morning in front of all of us,
1: <laughs> yeah. out there
0: with the Lord, and it was such um, an example to me. And even though it, it, he didn't see it at the time. In my teenage life, um, the fruit of all of that definitely has come later.
1: I think that is that is so that is really interesting because every time I listen to your music. I'm always drawn to that boldness and strength. I'm always drawn to that, like that almost de- declaration that this is truth. I feel like you you have such a gift for that. So it's very interesting to me that it came um, and, uh, you know, your your stepfather led you to do that and showed you how to do that. That is, That's fascinating. uh, You know, as a mom and just as a leader and stuff like that, you we are affecting people. We don't even know people that may even be offended by some of the stuff we say. We're affecting them. And um, wow, that is incredibly powerful. Well, guys, uh, I hate that we don't have time because I have like six more questions to ask you. Um, But (laughs) her name is Kim Walker Smith. You've probably heard of her or definitely her work with uh, Jesus Culture or listen to her music. Um, tons of amazing, hit, I, don't, I don't even want to call them hits, uh, anthems um, for the Lord that, that uh, yeah. she's saying. Her book is Brave Surrender, Brave Surrender. Go pick this book up. I, I really, I, I'm drawn to this book because you can overcome abuse. You can overcome yeah. it. It is not a, a mental death sentence. It just isn't. There is freedom found in the power of the Lord. Of course, you guys know um, my story, but hearing it from you, Kim, today is just um, makes me so grateful for the cross and for the gospel. Um, go pick up our book anywhere books are sold. I'm sure it's everywhere. Uh, Kim, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. And you guys can catch me tomorrow right back here on The Autumn Show.
0: The Autumn Miles Show is listener supported and your donation to keep her on the air is much appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And if you make a donation of $100 or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of her book of the month. This program is underwritten by Merry Maids of Fort Worth. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on the Word 100.7 FM.